Welcome to the Protrusive Dental Podcast, the forward-thinking podcast for dental professionals. Join us as we discuss hot topics in dentistry, clinical tips, continuing education, and adding value to your life and career. With your host, Jazz Gulati. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Protrusive Dental Podcast. I'm your host, Jazz Gulati. Uh, thank you so much for joining me. I hope it, this podcast adds value to your life, and I hope it gives you an insight into lots of things I'll be discussing throughout the year, starting off with today's uh, show about moving abroad, specifically to Singapore, because that's where me and my wife uh, used to live and work for 15 months before we came back to the UK, and I want to share that journey with you all, give you guys insight into what that was like, what's involved in actually working abroad. The main reason for covering this topic as my first podcast is because on a weekly basis, I get asked questions from people all over the internet who who find me on Facebook or Dental Tubules or, or wherever, and they, they, they notice that I've lived and worked in Singapore, and, and they want to know uh, how how that happened, what that was like, because they are also considering the move. And I think to to make this podcast available to them and 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 share my thoughts out loud for as a reference to them will really help people when making that sort of career decision. And I've also got something lined up for Australia and the USA as well. So watch this space on the, over the next few episodes. So today is all about Singapore. I've got joining me today, Sarinda Aurora, who's a very good friend of mine. She really is an amazing soul. Uh, I see her as if she's a big sister figure to me. She's the one who really helped me when I was moving to Singapore. We went to the same dental school together. She was a few years above me, and she really has been a, a beacon of hope. Uh, and that's just sort of the sort of person that she is. She's such a positive, lovely, bubbly person, and you'll get to get you'll get a flavor of that when you listen to her speak today. So I'm really excited to have her on the show today. She'll give you lots of great tips about uh, moving to Singapore. What's it like? Like to live in Asia uh, and what to expect when you're working there. The sort of questions that I'll be covering today is what it takes to start working in Singapore, how to start looking for a job, the common questions I get all the time such as what's the income like, uh, what is the lifestyle like, should you still be paying your GDC subscription when you're there, what are the barriers to getting something called full registration so we'll touch upon that as well. And what I'll do at the end of the show uh, and on my website, jazz.dental, that's www.jazz.dental, on my blog to actually put the show notes, uh, like a written summary in case you have time to listen to podcasts. So you've got like a, a cheat sheet of all the things that we discuss as a reference, as a PDF to download, and that'll be available as well at the end of the show. You'll be able to see that down below somewhere. Another thing I hope to incorporate in the Protrusive Dental Podcast is every time I do a show, I'm going to give you a tip, uh, a pearl, let's call it. Uh, I'm going to call it the Protrusive Dental Pearl, and today is a non-clinical episode, and therefore I'm sharing a non-clinical piece of advice with you. The piece of advice I want to share with the, for today's episode is, to know and not to do is not to know. Okay, so I'll say that again, to know and not to do is not to know. So for me, the reason I'm saying this is this is this piece of advice that got me to kick into gear and actually make this podcast. I've known how to make a podcast. I know that I've wanted to make this podcast, but due to all any any sort of excuse that you can think of, oh, I don't have time, I don't have the resources, whatever, you know, that voice inside my head was eating at me. And finally, I, I, I gave in. I said, no, I have to do this now. I have to start this. I want to be able to share my vision, share my passion for dentistry with, with people. And podcasts are a great thing to listen to nowadays when people are out and, out and about on their commute. This is an output from my creative side. So it's the same in sort of clinical dentistry or in any aspect in life. If you know something that you know you should be doing something or you know you've wanted to do something for a while... 
until you take action, it's as good as not knowing it at all. So you have to take action. So my tip for you is whatever it is out there for 2019 that you know you should be doing and you, you're not doing at the moment, go out and do it. For me, I'm creating the Protrusive Dental Podcast. I'll be uh, doing lots more episodes and I hope you join me throughout the journey. So that's my Protrusive Dental Pearl for you. Okay, so now it's time to join Surrender on the interview. I hope you enjoy listening to this as much as I enjoyed recording it. So firstly, Surinder, thank you so much for, for joining us from Singapore. Uh, I know that, uh, you, you know, you're a super busy lady uh, and you were just in Australia <laughs> and you, you sort of just, your flight landed yesterday, last night? This morning, yeah. This, this morning, <laughs> okay, hours. there we are. Yeah. So so those of you who don't know Surinder Aurora, she qualified uh, from Sheffield in 2011 uh, with the BDS. She worked a few hospital jobs uh, and, and, and practice jobs in, was it in London? Yeah, in London, down in London, yeah. Okay. Then you moved to Singapore, and that's the, the, the main focus of, of, of today's show, is about you know, what led to your move to Singapore, uh, the circumstances, your stage in your career, which was quite similar to when, when I moved as well. But a few yeah. interesting things about you, Sarinda, is that you've got a you know, your certified health coach. Yeah, I am. Yeah, which is awesome. It's very, very unique. And you're currently studying a master's in public health. I am, yeah. Where, where, left, where is that? It's at KCL, so it's it's King's College London Distance Learning. So I did look at doing it in Singapore, but then decided for the flexibility purpose to go to London. So yeah, it's awesome. I'm really enjoying it. Brilliant, brilliant. That, that, that's I, I think that will be a whole new show on its own. That, that that's uh, pretty. <laughs> but but for now, okay. So Sarinda, describe the stage of your career that you were at when you decided to move to Singapore. But I think your story is a little bit unique in the sense that it wasn't initially Singapore. Was it was was it Hong Kong initially? It was actually Australia initially. So okay. as an undergrad, like similar to yourself, you can, you can do like this um, kind of working abroad experience. Um, but from quite a, an early on time, I thought, you know, I'd really like to work in Australia. And you have DB Dental, you have other companies around yeah. and they're encouraging you can work in these places. So it was definitely mm-hmm. on the card. So initially I planned, yeah, Australia, one year, amazing. Um, and then it kind of shifted a little bit. I went to Australia for a few weeks and I thought, you know, it's a little bit far away from home here, actually. Mm-hmm. Then I started to explore other options. And um, my partner and I actually, we had a list of countries that we could both work in. And, um, and just tell Singapore. us about your partner, what, you know, what he does and how, how you know, that worked out in terms of the move being possible. Yeah, so he's in banking and finance. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of like marrying the uh, kind of healthcare profession with yep. that kind of element as well. So we were looking at kind of big hubs and big cities mainly. So Hong Kong was on there, Singapore was on there, the Philippines was even on there. Wow. Um, Australia, Australia was even an option. So I started wow. to have a little look around and to be completely honest, I'd never been to Asia before in my life. Um, I literally Googled mm-hmm jobs in Singapore. I was working my way through the list, right? So I Googled jobs in Singapore and I applied to three companies. So, Serena, yeah. when, when, you, when you Google, that was the exact situation I was in as well when I was... Um, <laughs> and, and when you type in a UK dentist in Singapore or, or UK yeah. dentist, there's nothing really useful out there. No, there's not. So I just kind of went straight into jobs available in Singapore. Um, There's actually the Singapore Dental Association job list, which I found Mm -hmm. later on after I'd applied. Mm -hmm. But a few companies came up and I applied to three of them. 
And one of them got back to me really, really quickly, like surprisingly quickly. Um, and then before you knew it, I had a Skype interview at some ridiculous hour in the morning because I got the time wrong. <laughs> and um, then I got offered a, I got offered a job as a dentist. Um, Where were you when you had the, you were you were in England when you had the Skype interview? Yeah? I was in London. I but was you, in you London. were not so, working. You were not working as a dentist in England at, at that point, or. So what I did, so after my um, dental foundation year, I went into hospital, as you know, or surgery, mm-hmm. I was in London hospitals, came out of that. And you know, Jasmine, I really struggled to get a job in London. I, my CV was literally everywhere. It was over the BDA. It was amongst the private clinics. It was amongst NHS. Mm-hmm. I was really struggling. I got a job offer in Northwest London. I was like, yes, come on, jackpot. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I went to Australia, came back. I worked there for a day. And the second day I went in, the practice owner said to me, look, Sarinda, we've decided that you're not right for the role. We want someone with more experience. We're going to ask you to leave. And I was like, oh, what? Like, I've been here a day. Do you that know? is so, so cold. It's cold, but it happens. And, you know, for young dentists, it, this is the kind of climate we're in. UDA values driven down to the ground, a lot of competition, particularly in the London area. This is why I'm getting London, a lot more messages. I don't, I don't, I'm sure you do as well, but this is why I'm yeah. getting a lot of young dentists. I'm, there's Basically, there's two groups of people who are messaging me who want to know about moving abroad to Singapore. Yeah. One, one is yeah. those who are out of DF1 or just finished the, a few hospital jobs, and then now they're like, okay, yeah. now what? Uh, and the yeah. other group is actually, um, you know, 10, 15, 15 years qualified sure, and now yeah. you know, I've got children and whatnot and they're so these are two groups yeah. but we were in, in that first group and, and, we and what group. you describe is yeah. such a harsh reality uh, that yeah. exists yeah, it, it absolutely is. And even as I was doing my hospital job, I was working alternate weekends in private practice, mm-hmm. just keeping my hand in that clinical, on the clinical ground. But it really had no waiting. It really mm-hmm. didn't at all. So then from there, I, I did some locuming in a corporate in the UK, which was a massive eye opener. Um, I don't know if any of you listening have ever worked for a corporate, but it is something really different, particularly going from hospital um, into that kind of setting. And I mm-hmm. actually learned a lot, but I also got to do a lot of dentistry. NHS, um, mm-hmm. the old expression "bashing the Nash." Yep, yep absolutely. It. it was. Been there, that's done what, that. that. That's the game. <laughs> that's the game. That's what's going on there. So yeah. yeah. Then after that, I, you know, it was time. I was like, yeah, I wanted to do this year abroad. I'm going to do it. Singapore came about. Um, literally, yeah, I moved out like first time in Asia. Set foot in Asia. 2014, I think it was mm-hmm. um, October, November 2014. I started working in December in Singapore. That's quick. It was quick. The process was really quick. So, I mean, it took about six weeks, six to eight weeks for everything to go through. So, so let's help everyone uh, Let's have, help everyone out in terms of getting some structure. So you had a Skype. So you went on the SDA uh, website. You found the jobs yeah. board. You contacted three corporates. One of them got back to you really quick. You had a Skype interview. Uh, yeah. and, and then what happens in between you and actually you actually working in Singapore? Just briefly describe the, 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 the hurdles one has to go through if you want to work in Singapore. Right. So uh, roughly this is what happens. And I think yeah. things may have changed a little bit. So you have to come to Singapore, first of all, sign the contract. That's the first thing that you do. Um, then there are some appointments. So the Ministry of Health is one of them. You have to go to the Ministry of Health, get your photo taken, show that you're a true person to kind mm-hmm. of get registered. The company that you generally work for then applies for your employment pass. So that's kind of like them sponsoring you, so to speak. So yeah. they apply for that on your behalf. That's going on in the background. Then you just have to have your medical checks done and some kind of... Um, the National Environmental Agency 
agency, that's another another kind of um, application you have to do to take radiographs. Mm -hmm. That's something else you need to do before you start practicing. But there's a waiting time. So it's kind of like, uh, I think it was about six weeks. It can be shorter and they need to see you in between as well for another check. It can be longer as well. I mean, I'm sure, you know, we've got friends out there who, who for whatever reason, took a long time. So I think uh, if you were to give a guideline for someone moving out there uh, to expect to have enough savings to cover yourself, I mean, would you say three to six months, maybe just to be on the safe side or? I'd probably say now. Absolutely. yeah. Yeah. Give it, I'd say couple of months minimum what i did was i came here signed the contract and i traveled around asia for a bit which is quite common a lot of people did that at the time yeah (laughs) absolutely vietnam lovely definitely recommend it Um, we we yeah did a bit of traveling came back um and then you kind of have to be on the ground a little bit because you have to have uh, several checks you have to go to the singapore dental council that might have changed now i had to go Mm -hmm. there physically in person Um, yeah i I said that yeah you did, yeah. Singapore mm-hmm. Dental Association, uh, your DPL, um, and other memberships, those kind of things as well. So they're, mm-hmm. they're at the tail end. But the main thing is signing the contract, yep. going to Ministry of Health, and then going forward in that direction. So, so the take-home message, number one, I think, for, for this podcast so far, is that before you go out there, or even if you're you know thinking about it, you need a job first. You need a in-principle approval, I think it was called, or, yeah, or, or an offer. Approval. That's right. So you need... You to actually secure a job ideally you know that's what's going to really accelerate your you starting because if you just go out there without a job which some of my friends have they t- it took yeah. them six to eight months because they first had to yeah. find a job and then the rest of it can be quite quick but the most difficult thing i think is to actually find that job i know it was easy for you and actually for me who f- followed in your footsteps upon your advice working for the same corporate which is called q yeah. m we can we can discuss that a bit, a bit more later but I think nowadays we're going to focus a little bit on that later, but it has changed a bit and we can give some advice based on that. But the the take home message is you need to find someone who's willing to take you on first. Absolutely. I completely agree with that, Jazz. Um, I know people that have come out here and they've really struggled. And there's also the financial aspect as well. And mm. I think when you were a little bit younger, I mean, I didn't really look at this in too much detail, but you need to have your finances a little bit in place, particularly if you're going to sustain yourself for a few months. So having a job, the, the good thing is everything's online. So you can get information online quite easily now with the job list um, yeah. and you can contact people. The only thing that I would say is when I got here, I found it easier meeting other people in different corporates um, and different with different job opportunities and different offers. So I think there is something to be said for being on the ground. Um, It just depends how you work and how you want to roll with it. Yep. And I think the other thing is just to anyone who's thinking of moving out to Asia or Singapore and you're, you're doing all this sort of emailing to and fro remotely, it's a good idea to actually visit the the country, right? And actually get a, <laughs> you know, it's you know there are plenty of things which might shock you. Like English is the main language. A lot of people say, oh, yeah. how is a language barrier? You know, um, yeah. it's really humid. Okay. Yeah, really um, humid. I mean, when I started this call with you, I was like, is it is it raining? And you were like, no, it's the fan. It's one of those things that you need to actually get a feel. Is this country right for you? And if you've got children, you need to learn about the you know education, uh, lifestyle, uh, expenses. So why don't we just delve right in? So when you start working, the number one question I get, believe it or not, and you know, it, I suppose it's really important, is what's the income like? 
Oh yeah, this is a this is the question that everybody asks, and you know we have a lot of things about oh shall we ask shan't we? Really important. It's so important to know. Him. I know you shouldn't be shy. Really, it has to be done. Yeah, it has to be. It has to be discussed. There's a massive range, and it mm-hmm. really does depend, as you've experienced, where you're working, the amount of patients that you're seeing, the type of company that you're working for. If you are working for a company, um, I would say that in Sing dollars, anywhere between six to twenty k a month. That's yeah, what that, you're looking that, at. I think that's, that's a, a really good range. range. It's a huge, it's, it's it really massive is. massive range. Mm-hmm. Um, and it can be even more if you carry out complex treatment. Um, your fee split with a company can be between 35 to 55%. That's wow. also something to consider. Yeah, there's a massive range there so, as well. So, Sarinda, I mean, I was on, when I was with the corporate, I was on 45%. Uh, at sure, that time yeah. right uh, yeah. and yeah, you know sure. f- to get 45 yeah. percent here in private practice is is really a thing of the past you wouldn't get that uh, and the other beneficial thing about singapore is the tax is so low so low 15 percent max like you're M- looking max at i mean I I'm, yeah. I'm, I remember paying it off in one go, and I was like, "This is this is amazing. <laughs> yes. This is." This is a I was dream. literally smiling, paying my tax bill. Whereas here, I'm mm-hmm. literally dreading it. So, Tears, that, that's, yeah. uh, although although you you may sometimes think, "Oh, the Sing dollar is weaker than the pound," but you have to also factor in massively the tax, the tax. Ben, you know, tax sure. advantage. So, it is very low in tax. So, the the range you gave there of six to twenty k, I completely agree with that. And if you're someone who's doing uh, lots of implants, which are partially, you know, the surgery aspect of the implants. Uh, uh, you do have some uh, insurance um, in Singapore. You know, um, yeah. I forget what it's called. What's it called? So with DPL, you basically upgrade your insurance to a, to oh, a no, different sorry. level. Oh, no, sorry. Yeah, with the DPL, which is, oh, by the way, the indemnity is much indemnity. cheaper there as well. I meant uh, patients when they um, have a surgical procedure, i.e. wisdom tooth removal Medisave. or yeah, Medisave. Medisave. So everyone yeah, has yeah. like a, a bank of money that they've been saving up towards, which they can then offset against the cost of surgery. Yeah. So it's as if they're not paying they're not they actually, are paying. They are paying, but, but it doesn't it's feel like it's paying. A pot. You know, they yeah, don't so feel yeah, like it's, yeah, they don't feel they like don't, they're like they, don't they often want to feel use their like medicine. Yeah, you know? they don't often feel like they're paying. So it ha- it's basically permanent residents or people that are, are citizens of Singapore. They're paying to a pot every month. It comes out their salary, or mm-hmm. they make a payment and they save this up over time. And that can be used towards housing. It can be used on care, on healthcare, and they can use that for surgical procedures, as you said, just need and yeah. also implant surgery and, and various other things so so there's that aspect and, and, and the funny thing was in singapore uh, is that wisdom teeth removal is so routine right in, 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 in primary routine. care and i think yeah. one of the reasons is you know every country every system even here pre and post 2006 of the contract is that the the the, the way you get remunerated does impact the way you do dentistry i mean i think we just have to accept that firstly right I think we do have to accept that to a degree. And I think that, you know, every dentist has their own clinical judgment. So when you come here um, as a dentist from the UK, your mindset is very different. Yeah. It's very, very different. But you can you can maintain that. I mean, you know, very early on, I think it was Raj Ratan said to us on our um, kind of uh, dental foundation year, your standards will drop without you even realizing, mm-hmm. you know, um, and this is something that we go through going from a young dentist, you go out in the world and you kind of realize, oh, my gosh, like things are a little bit different. However, 
can maintain our standards as we go along, you know, um, even though the system dictates one thing or the other. But what I have seen here in comparison to the UK is that wisdom tooth removal is a lot more common. A lot well, more common. there we are. We, we've got the nice guidelines here, whereas the guidelines that yeah. they seem to follow in Singapore is that the only time they, they don't remove um, wisdom teeth in Singapore is that if they're congenitally absent. Is is the feeling that I got really is, is you know, that you literally have to be born without any wisdom teeth for them not to remove it. That's that, that's how I was. Uh, <laughs> Uh, that's how I felt, you know, with all, all the dentists around me. Are you enjoying the Protrusive Dental Podcast? Well, allow me to deliver you even more value. You can now download the iOS or Play Store app for free. Just search Protrusive on your app platform. Now, if you're a true Protrusive and you want to support the podcast, you want to claim CPD for all the listening and watching that you do, you want to get access to exclusive clinical walkthrough videos to make dentistry tangible, as well as a premium newsletter, access to the Protrusive Vault, and the ability to download all the clinical videos and podcast videos so you can view them offline later, you can get all of that for less than 15 tax-deductible dollars per month. So what are you waiting for? Download the Protrusive app now on iOS or Android for absolutely nothing. We work so hard on this Protrusive team and I know you're just going to love it. Now back to the main episode. But, you know, it, <laughs> with people coming in pericoronitis and they want their wisdom teeth out, it was a real um, opportunity for me. And I, and I took it, you know, I, I bought a surgical NSK 45 degree contra-angle handpiece. And sure. I, 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 I did it. I went for it. And, you know, I was I yeah. really... Um, gained a lot more confidence uh, out there in, 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 in surgery, in, in wisdom yeah. tooth removal. And I think sometimes you just have to put yourself outside of your comfort zone a little bit. I mean, I did have some uh, uh, sort of DCT2 sort of oral surgery experience, but sure. to actually yeah. uh, use it out there. So if you're, if you're good at surgery, if you can do implants, if you can do orthodontics, these are all uh, obviously quite lucrative areas, I suppose. And, and, and that's what would push you up higher. But all of that depends on getting a good patient flow. Uh, my wife was working in, in quite a quiet um, area of Singapore uh, and that her income was more in the lower end. Uh, I was in a busier clinic. But the, the type of dentistry I sure. found that I was doing was pretty much, I think if I was to describe it, it would be like uh, FIPA Rightum NHS. What would you think about that? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a massive range. Um, I've worked, I think, for three different corporate companies here mm -hmm. and around 15 different clinics. And they've been in all sorts of different areas. So in the center of Singapore, you've got the central business district, the CBD. And then towards the outer areas, you've got the Heartlands. Now, Heartland Dentistry, um, you have a lot more local people. And in the center, you have people working in the banks and in the city. The demographics are completely different. Mm -hmm. um, and it is, it's a, it's a fee per item system. So if you're working in private practice, you will be faced with that, which is, again, different to the NHS. The other thing is there are kind of government subsidies called CHAS, the Community Health Assistance Scheme. Yeah. Um, people can be subsidized with that if their household earnings um, are under a certain range. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's interesting. Some patients, I mean, particularly in the Heartlands, they're in pain. They want that sorted. You'll go in there and you'll be like, oh, my goodness, when was the last time you saw a dentist? Many years ago. And there's caries everywhere. They don't want to touch it. Yep. Other areas, um, it's, it's more prevention. Um, and you're kind of doing your scaling and polishing. Other areas, people have lost teeth. They want to do treatment. Other areas, they want aesthetic treatment. Um, it really, there's a, a big variation. This is Singapore's, I think, the second most densely populated country in the world in terms of, uh, you know, population density. Density. Uh, yeah, and you know working in two or three different clinics out there and just like you said i think the demographics really 
really can massively influence the type of work you're doing. I mean, I was doing loads of uh, dentures in Bukit Batok in the, in the heartlands where I was working. Sure. Uh, yeah. And I was doing lots of extraction. So it felt to me like a fee per item NHS. That's what I was saying. You know, if it didn't feel like, it, you know, I was in pra- practice, but it wasn't fancy. Whereas when I was no. working in a few other areas, um, they're the sort of drive for aesthetic the you know people with cleaner mouths and uh, elective work was more but i think if you're going to be going in thinking okay so private practice can be really fancy there's no disease out there then you're definitely wrong there's plenty of disease out there that we treat there's a lot there is a lot. It's just what the system is here. So you do have hospitals here as well. So you have hospital dentistry. You also have polyclinics. So there are smaller clinics that patients can go for treatment. Um, you have the health promotion board. So there are other salaried kind of areas that you can work in. Um, but yeah, it's it's not like what you would think in your head as a UK dentist, private dentistry. It's not that kind of mindset. It's very different. The reality is very different to that. And I mean, like the population is like 5.6 million, I believe. Mm. Um, and, you know, we've got about 2,000, 2,500 dentists. Where, and there, there's a demand, there's a need for dentists here. There is actually a demand at the moment. So that's something that the government are working on. And, and I even think the intake um, at uh, the university here has increased to try and meet that demand yeah brilliant well that's one of the things that i i read about before moving to singapore but let's talk about the the current realities as i understand them so if you're someone now looking to find a job okay am i right in saying that it's much more difficult to when you or i were applying for a job yeah as a foreign as a foreign grad whether you're from the usa uk wherever Yeah. So as a foreign graduate, so you can be from Australia, New Zealand, Hong Kong, USA, Canada and the UK. If you're not from those countries, you'll probably need to sit an examination to get in um, and practice here. But the um, the it's changed. It's changed a lot. Um, Some of the main issues are the um, conditional registration. So when you come here as a dentist from overseas, you need to be um, kind of um, supervised. So you have a supervisor in practice. Now, previously, the supervisor only had to be the number one, so one supervisor. Later on, they've changed it to two. And I think this was since when you were here, Jazz, actually, 2017. I was literally the last few intakes or the last intake whereby, you know, the the, the corporates were like, okay, yeah, come on over. I mean, meanwhile, I found it dead easy. But after that, you know, I've seen a big change and people were were jobless for quite a few months. And I think I really want to send that message to the listeners because if you're just thinking it's going to be really easy getting the job, there are lots of barriers. And the main barrier is you're on conditional registration. So um, there are limits to you know you being able to practice alone and whatnot and therefore you need a supervisor and the supervisor i suppose is like having a df1 trainer in the sense that your df1 or vt trainer has to always be there technically uh whether or not they're actually mentoring you or not is a completely different story i mean that's not exactly what it's designed for it's someone just to tell the singapore dental council that you're safe and that you are able to practice safely but this is the issue because a lot of the surgeries in in singapore are are single single single-handed Yeah, for sure. So I think this is one of the problems is that a lot of the companies here are a little bit more reluctant to take on conditional registrants because they don't have the capacity to kind of to provide supervisors. Um, And the Singapore Dental Council has actually, you know, said, right, we need to, we're going to be inspecting, we're going around and we're monitoring this. So when you and I applied jazz, it's a completely different story now. And I've spoken to a lot of people that have come over here, uh, similar conversations like this, and they've struggled to find work 
Whereas for me, it was Google. For you, it was, yep, yeah, apply to this company and I'm in. Um, it's not quite like that anymore. Yeah. And uh, are you fully registered now? I'm fully registered. Okay. <laughs> so it takes two years, two years. So it's after... supposed to take two years, but I've, I've heard from some colleagues, we can get yeah. some rejections, you know, it can take up to three yeah. years, maybe more, and you get some it rejections, and, you know, for yeah. whatever reason. Uh, so be prepared. So you, you need to be working more than 30 hours a week and your supervisors need to submit the relevant documentation to the SDC. Um, thereafter, they kind of check everything. I was really lucky and I got it first time. So I literally sent in my application. They okayed it straight away. I know people that have had to redo six months, 12 months, even longer to get their um, fully full registration with the SDC. So it does vary. Brilliant. Thank you so much for, for, for clarifying that. Uh, okay, the next thing I want to ask you about is another question I get is GDC registered dentist <laughs> when they come when they come to uh, Singapore and let's say they start working there, should they continue to pay their GDC subscription? That's a great question. So I've paid eight hundred and ninety pounds for the last four years, wow. um, and I kind of feel that it's a, a little bit like dead money, like it's not really going anywhere. I would say that if it's a short term move, absolutely just pay it. Like what I've heard, and this is completely hearsay, that it's quite tricky to get back on the register. It can be difficult, whatever. I don't know if there's any truth in this. I know people that have come to Singapore have come off the register, have kind of got all their CPD together, submitted it, and they've got back on. It's been a laborious process, but they've managed to do it. So I think if you're okay with waiting and you've got all your documentation, particularly with that enhanced then maybe come off it. For me, I've got one day left to pay it and I'm I'm seriously debating, am Ooh, I coming back? You haven't paid it, it yet. It is, it is. I haven't. I've got one more day. I'm going to call them tomorrow to see, like, you know, I've emailed them. They haven't got back to me. So, but it's a lot of money, Jazz. It's a, it's it's a, a lot of money. It's a significant amount, you know. You know it's a, yeah. It's a, it's a big talking point and uh, me and my wife, we paid it because we came yeah. to Singapore. I think my wife came with a short-term outlook. I came with a long-term sure. outlook. Yeah, but I think sure. it depends on your personality type. Are you a risk yeah. taker or not? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't think it's going to be too difficult to get back on as long as you've documented all of your CPD. You've done it. You've got it all kind of together. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm hanging on there, but I'm close to not paying for this year i don't see myself coming back to the uk anytime soon um, yeah. and that's purely the reason is it adds up it does add up but no, personal no. preference uh, yeah and my personal recommendation would be that in your first year just pay it you never know just you might you, you might not know. get along in yeah. singapore you might move back and you just yeah. don't want the hassle yeah. but if you're there and then you're in a situation whereby you you know you're working for a few years you then get the full registration from the conditional yeah. and then you really don't think you're going back then maybe that's a a point whereby you can consider not paying your gdc subscription anymore yeah because you're pretty much you know in a, in a flow you're settling that way is that is that fair advice you think I think it's fair, but I know plenty of dentists from the UK here that still pay it and they've been here for years and years. So, yeah. (laughs) If I get any more information on this, I'll send it your way. Sure. Thank you so much. Uh, So um, what what is it like to live in Singapore? Can you give us a flavor of the living cost? So how much, uh, you know, what's the housing situation like? Uh, Schools for kids, if you know that. I'm not really sure myself, to be honest with you. Yeah, Um, yeah. You know, what can people who are looking to move to Singapore uh, budget in terms of uh, is it expensive country is it is it quite easy to get by any sort of uh, light you can shed on that 
Absolutely. So I've been here for four years now and I've lived in three or four different areas and different places. Um, the rentals in the city centre are obviously more expensive. You're looking at London prices. So sing dollars, three and a half K, you can't, I mean, you can go up to ridiculous numbers like 10 K. Oh, yeah, um, the time. living, yeah, the living, the living situation here is you, you have condominiums, so they're like flats. So a lot of people live in flats. Um, then there are these other things called landed properties, which are also known as houses. Um, normal houses. People, normal houses that people don't tend to live in so much here. Um, you also have walk-ups. So walk-ups are basically you walking upstairs into your flat. Benefit of condominiums is you've got a pool there, you've got a gym. That is pretty standard. Um, yep. You can see a two-bedder um, in one of these, maybe between three and a half to five K per month. That's kind of what you're looking at. Um, you have three bedders. They can go, basically, they're kind of in ranges going up and up. And it depends on what area you're in. City center is cheaper. Go when you go out, you get more for your money. So, but then you'll be traveling in. I say yep. traveling in, but the kind of longest you go into community is probably about 40 minutes on public transport, most probably, um, depending on where you're working. Sure. And the public transport is amazing in Singapore. The MRT, it which is, is the, the, the tube, if you like, is just so clean and efficient. Uh, Ubers are cheap. Still, is that still the case? No, Uber's oh. out. Yeah, Uber's gone. No yeah, it's gone. What it's happened? out. So yeah, they they uh, all this uh, kind of company politics, but they're out now, and we've got Grab, so it's mainly okay. Grab Taxi. So but Grab but is still the, cheap. The, it's cheap, definitely cheaper than the UK, but the prices are kind of going higher and higher and higher. Okay. That is that kind of vibe at the moment. So yeah, but, no but, Uber anymore, Jazz. But yeah. those who are, who are listening, this is a real shame, but those who are listening and they have no idea about Singapore uh, and they think they're just going to rock in, buy a car, you know, just explain. You're not going to buy a car. You're not going <laughs> to buy a car, okay? Firstly, you probably don't need a car unless you've got like, a massive family or something. Uh, uh, and yeah. to buy a car is maybe six to seven times more expensive, let's say, to, to here. It's very expensive to buy a car. Um, and then I, even when you buy a car after 10 years, it's meant to be sent to scrap. Like the the kind of thinking behind it is, is to try and control the traffic on the road. It's a very, very small island, but it's very, very expensive. Um, some people have cars. I know people here that have, have cars. They have kids as well. But like you said, Jazz, the public transport links are really good. The buses and the MRT, the mass rapid transit, really convenient and really easy. And they're basically everywhere. So it's really easy to get around. And it's a small island. You're, you're not really traveling long distances a lot of the time. Yeah, you can literally do the whole thing. You know, if you go on holiday to Singapore for three days, you've done the whole of Singapore. So, you can, yeah, you can really get around, yeah. Exactly, which we'll, we'll talk a little bit about how we can, you know, um, make the most of your time in Asia. I mean, you're wonderful at doing it. It's traveling the rest of Asia, you know, because otherwise if you just stay in Singapore, you'd, it can get a little bit boring, I suppose. It's, it's a tiny island, get island fever. So, you know, tell us about the traveling adventures that you can have when you're, you know, in, 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 the, in the heart of Asia. Yeah, I mean, there are so many. I think the first year I came here, this is quite ridiculous. We went overseas about 12 times. Like, it's 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 absolutely ludicrous. Um, so Changi Airport is really efficient. My favorite um, airport in the world. It's so efficient. Like, I think I got back, I landed this morning, I got into my bed in an hour. So um, I did take a grab, um, but I was straight back <laughs> in bed. Yeah, it was awesome. So um, yeah, there are loads of places you can travel. Malaysia um, is literally just up the road. Thailand is an hour and a half away. Philippines, Bali, uh, um, Hong Kong, Taiwan. 
Perth is like maybe four hours away. So it's wow. a really great hub. I would say that if you really, really want to travel and see Asia, it's a great place to be situated in. You can literally go away for a weekend. So we often go to Phuket for kind of a weekend. There are some places that you can train there. Um, mm-hmm. If anybody does CrossFit or is into yoga or exercise, there are some really lovely beaches in Thailand as well. Um, Malaysia, you can actually drive over. That's an option or get a bus over to Malaysia, which is it really, really awesome. It really is so close, Malaysia. I mean, I had nurses who commuted from Malaysia to my yeah. place of work every day. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I have that as well. And they literally, I think it's like one to two hours to get into Singapore, depending on traffic. But they do, they commute from there because it's cheaper to live there than it is in Singapore. So it's yeah, it's really a great travel hub to explore the rest of Asia. So that that is it really just, is. Uh, brilliant. Um, what else can we talk about to to give our you know the listeners a real good insight into moving to Singapore? What they need to know. Um, so I think that the culture is actually very different. When I came here, you know, I'd never been to Asia. I'd never been to Singapore. Um, I kind of really underestimated the move. I just kind of was like, yeah, I want to do it. I'm going to do it, and I did it. And it took me a while to settle in, but you kind of, two things. The first thing is that you take all your stuff, your personal issues and everything, you take them with you wherever you go. There's no running away from your own stuff. If you're looking for a better life, you're still going to have to do the self-work wherever you go in the world. Um, Mm -hmm. The second thing is you will create whatever it is you want to create. So for me, when I came here, it was really important for me to plug into communities. So I got involved with the Singapore Dental Association. Um, I got involved with like various other things and activities that I was doing in the UK. There's a really big expatriate community here as well. So you will make friends. Um, Local community as well. Really, really awesome. It's a different mentality. Um, British banter wise, it's very different. So you need to be prepared that you're moving to a different country and to really immerse yourself in the culture, different food, different people, different climate. It is very humid here. You will be sweating profusely pretty much all the time unless you're indoors. It's like the opposite of the UK, you know, like, so indoors here, you've got your coat on because of the air con outdoors. You go out to warm up. That's, that's certainly the case for me in my clinic where they've cranked up the air con in the shopping mall, like super high. So, um, yeah, it's, it's really interesting. Um, the, there can be language barriers. So if you're working in the heartlands, be prepared for that. Your nurse, will also be able to translate but i do think there's something to be said to be able to communicate well with your patients from a working perspective um and then you know when i was there i i I learned how to say some um some i mean i'm sure you do as well some things in uh, you know dental related things so i'm i'm gonna test you surrender i'm I'm gonna say something i'm gonna gonna, gonna say something i'm gonna say something mandarin and let's see if you sussed out what i'm trying to say Okay. okay, go for it. Uh, and for those of you who um, who can understand Mandarin, I, I do apologize for perversing your language. Um, <laughs> and what I'm going to say is, Gung Quan Si Liao. Oh my gosh, no, I don't know. I don't Gung know. Gung Quan Si Liao. You've really practiced this, Jazz. Tell me. This is your, this is your me, heartlands. Go on. <laughs> it's a root canal treatment in the Mandarin. Oh, wow. Su- ah, that's Sukau. Sukau. Have a rinse. Have a rinse. Have yep. a rinse. Yep. Nihama, how are you? If you, if, you, yeah. if, you say in, if you say it in Bahasa, it's a kumo kumo. Kumo kumo. Kumo kumo. Yeah, so I'm if, learning if, if new things. Want, want, <laughs> there, there we are. It's what it's all about. So, I mean, you know, you're, you're, when I was working in the heartlands, my nurses were fluent in Mandarin and sure. Bahasa, which is, you know, what they speak in Indonesia and Malaysia. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so w- w- when you have those... Um, 
generation of patients which is generally the elderly patients and and the other hot tip hot tip we have for those uh, who are thinking of going to Singapore and working there is that the elderly men are called uncles and the elderly uh, ladies are I remember, I remember you taught me that Yeah. Uh, when I came there. There was like lesson uh, Mandarin 101, uncle and auntie. But if you're um, apprehensive it about it, there's, there's no need to be apprehensive because this is something that you just pick up when you're there. You do. As clearly there. I have. <laughs> 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 just, uh, I'll send you the audio bite for that later. It can, it, it can, every, every, time you get, every time you get a message, you can make that your message tone as well. So, um, I will. It'll be ingrained. <laughs> so, so it'll be ingrained. Exactly. Yeah. So let's, let's, talk, <laughs> let's talk about the expat community because, you know, I think 20% of Singapore is expats. Yeah, I believe so. I don't, don't quote me on that, but yeah. I don't know. That, that, that's what I had at the time. And it was really amazing. You know, you can go to some areas and uh, it just feels like you're in the UK sometimes. It really does, but it's warm. <laughs> uh, but it's much, much, much nicer and warmer and, and sweatier. It's, yeah, but, yeah, and sweatier. Yeah. So yeah, there's a there's a great um, community here. I mean, uh, certain areas are kind of more expat hubs. Uh, Holland Village, uh, Tionburu. You've got the blend of expats and you've got kind of the elderly population of Singaporeans. But yeah, it's a really great community. You just need to plug into it. And there are loads of things on social media, loads of groups. Um, Lots of Americans being present, but also uh, there was loads of American dentists working within our corporate. Oh, really? Okay. I didn't, I didn't realize that. I knew there were a few, but I didn't know how many, but I think what? actually a quarter of the corporate um, that, that you, you worked for jazz uh, are from overseas foreign trained dentist yeah that, that's right and uh, loads of them were american which really took me by surprise so in my cohort yeah. uh that joined you know those lectures that we'd have yeah. as part of the yeah. induction yeah, yeah. there were sure. so many american dentists and mm-hmm. and here i was thinking you know and uh if you're a american qualified dentist you know you're in such a great place you know you're going to be in the usa which is the best place in the world to be a dentist mm-hmm. but here they are they've moved to singapore so yeah. that was uh, really interesting to, to see that and when you speak to these guys you actually realize that it's not as amazing as it might we might think it is you know, i think it's in, perceptions in yeah. it's perceptions. perceptions it's really is perception you know, the, gra- the grass is greener it's perceptions and everybody also has their own experience of a place like somebody might come here they'll be working in the heartlands they might not like it it's like poor patient flow difficulty with language barriers um but somebody else might be placed somewhere completely different different social circle and have an amazing time so there's that aspect of it as well brilliant um, that's, that's amazing. I think we've got lots of uh, good information to, to help any, um, everyone you know, get, gain an insight into what it's like working in Singapore. Uh, what are the next steps for you? I mean, you, you know, I think our listeners saw how passionate you are, what a good speaker you are. And, you know, that's your um, certified health coach uh, sort of uh, hat on. <laughs> you know, I remember in Singapore with the SDA magazines, you're always writing articles. You're obviously, um, you're a teacher of yoga. Yeah, I teach Kundalini yoga, which is pretty awesome. So I'm, I'm doing classes at the moment in Singapore. We're running workshops on mindfulness and meditation. Um, so that's pretty cool. It's kind of like a bit of a side project that's going on. Yeah. That's, that, that's, that's really cool. And what, what are the next steps for you? I mean, do you think you'll be in, in, in Singapore for the next year or you know roughly what what, what do you think how, how is your career gonna uh, and, and life gonna gonna fare in asia in terms of what your plans are 
I have got no idea. Something that I've really learned from moving is, you know, um, to be open and flexible. I think it's good to have a, a rough plan of what's going on. Um, so I think we may stay here for the next one to two years and maybe consider another country. We may end up staying longer. It's a little bit open at the moment, but, um, I have to say after four years, I'm, I'm pretty settled here and I'm really enjoying it. It's taken a little bit of time, but it's a really great place to live. It, it really was. It's, it's Asia light. As, as they say, it really is Angel a very livable. <laughs> it's a, such a livable country, and I, you know, I miss it dearly every day. And me and Sim are always sort of recalling experiences from from Singapore. And uh, I, I know you're super healthy, super vegan, that sort of stuff. But I, I really miss chicken rice and all the other <laughs> yeah, absolutely un- the unhealthy local food. The local yeah, delights the local are fantastic. Yeah, I mean, the, yeah. the, the, the hawker centers. And if you don't know what a hawker center is, a hawker center is these uh, communal eating areas. It's, it's that I make it sound really bad, but it's like this is street food, but it's dirt cheap. It's it's really good, and it got high turnover, so you know that the food is fresh and they cook it right in front of you. So I, I you know I really miss having that community feel about hawker centres. Yeah, sure. Like I mean, I think in the nineteen sixties, the guys used to carry around the carts and sell them on the streets, and then the government were like, right, we're stopping this. We're having you in a, in a place, so you could get Indian food, you could get Chinese food, all in the same place, and then just kind of eat together, which is awesome because you can get what you want and then eat together in that same area. So yeah, I, I know there are there are things in Singapore that when I come back to the UK, I'm like, oh yeah, this is like. And I realize I've become very Asian as well. Like, you know, like traveling around the world. I was in Australia recently. I was like, wow. Like some of the things that I was saying, like can, you know. Oh, um, God. Let's not get started in the Singlish. 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 Like, so um, can you do this for me? Can instead of yes or no. And at first you're thinking, what does that even mean? Can I? Can I? Can I? Can I? Can so, uh, yeah, this is, this Singlish, is it. And, and I start thinking like that. It's, it's great. It's brilliant. <laughs> brilliant. Well, uh, I'm, 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 you know, that's one of the things I really miss about it as well. But um, it's, it's brought back lo- lots of lovely memories speaking to you today. So, Serena, thank you so much for, for, for coming on the show. And uh, I wish you all the best with your uh, amazing ventures in Singapore. And thank you for giving everyone insight into what it's like and what the re- you know, requirements are to work in Singapore. Absolutely. If anybody has any questions, feel free to email me. Um, I have loads of tips, loads of other information. Uh, how, how can they contact people. you? What, what are your, um, uh, I think you're at Dr. Sarinda Aurora on Instagram. Is that right? Yeah, at Dr. Sarinda Aurora on Instagram. You can email me team at soulsmile.org. Just pop me an email and I'll get right back to you. Brilliant. Well, th- thank you so much, Sarinda. Really appreciate it. All the best. And uh, I'm trying to think how you, uh, Tien. <laughs> I have to really think about that. <laughs> Look at you. It's still in you. You're coming back, I tell you. you. Know, I, I, I downloaded that <laughs> app called Hello, Hello Chinese. I don't know if you have this app. Did I tell you about the app Hello Chinese? It's a great way to learn uh, Mandarin. I'm going to download that right now. <laughs> <laughs> it, it won't Thanks teach you the root canal me, thing. But, uh, no, <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Thank you so much for being Thanks on Thanks for having really me. Thank you. So there we have Bye. it, everyone. Thank you so much to Sarinda Aurora for giving up her time to record this podcast with me. She was such a great interviewer, interview guest. Uh, and she really, you know, is a great speaker. And I think anyone out there who's uh, into to yoga, into self-development, into healthy eating, uh, you know, get in touch with her. Her Instagram is at Dr. Sarinda Aurora and she's such a great and lovely person to, to connect with. 
as promised, I'm going to be attaching some uh, notes uh, to this podcast, which will be which will be found on the blog jazz.dental. Uh, I'll put it under an episode, and then you can download the the PDF version, also see the written version as a reference. So you can uh, have the link to the Singapore Dental Association jobs list that com- comes out as well. Uh, and for the next episode, we're going to be having uh, speaking with uh, my colleague Rob, uh, who's going to be telling us about Australia, what's involved in actually working in Australia. I've got Christina, who's been helping with me helping us with uh, USA, which is uh, something that's something you know that I think everyone has considered. But as soon as you find out that it, there are so many barriers to working in the USA, people kind of switch off. So it'll be really interesting having someone who on on the show who's a UK graduate who's in the transition to perhaps working in the USA. So that's really awesome as well. Uh, listen, if you've enjoyed today's podcast show, or if you've um, gained anything from it, if you found it valuable anyway, please share it with your friends. Share it on Facebook. Uh, subscribe on uh, iTunes, on Spotify, on Google Podcasts, and uh, I really look forward. To to, to, to connecting with you again for future episodes. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Have a lovely 2019. Happy New Year.